Hey everyone, Jay here. I just wanted to say that we've got some really cool artwork for this episode, so you're going to want to click through to the show notes to check out the full version of the image, which we'll be showing in your podcatcher right now. Our thanks go out to Yuri Keynes on Twitter for working with us to create this piece of art. Anyway, on with the show. Hello everyone and welcome uh. to... <laughs> you knew it was going to happen. It happens every time, except for the times that it doesn't. everyone and welcome to the waffling tennis podcast colon naked edition where we ask jamie are you wearing a shirt and i say no but i'm wearing pants would you like to see no fair enough um, yes so that'll date the recording of this episode uh, i've just finished some uh, homeboy yoga in the back garden so i'm <laughs> i'm in shorts and a sleeveless t-shirt right now so uh that's that's fun right homeboy yoga that's it coding yoga you flex but, those fingers. That's it. But um, we are, we've gathered here today. We are gathered here today to witness the podcast of Jay and Squidgy. 16 years ago, on a dreary night in June, one of you wronged me in some way, and I will tell all of you why it's none of you, but it's me. Dun, dun, dun. That's it. That sounds about right. Okay, yeah. So hmm. uh, what we've actually come here to do is we're going to discuss... The Resident Evil movie, right? The first one, the Amelia Jalava Levelovlich one with Michelle Rodriguez as Michelle Rodriguez in her most Michelle Rodriguez role. And all of the other actors who clearly are standing there going, what did I sign myself up to? Somebody's getting fired after this. That's right. The 2002 masterpiece by Paul W.S. Anderson, Resident Evil, or as I call it, Alice in Wonderland. At no point in the film is she referred to as Alice, I might add. I thought she is. Nope. Oh, in the well, second film, at the end of it, she says her name is Alice. In the first film, you have to look at the credits to see her name. Oh. Everyone was distracted by the tasteful side boob. So uh, I wouldn't say tasteful. I would just All right, say distracted by boob. the side boob. Yeah. It was essentially Paul W.S. Anderson going, look at how hot my wife is, and, us going, and everyone else going, Mm, they actually that's not what the movie's about dude so a bit of research they actually got together after this film well even so so uh yeah we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about how and whether it fits into the canon of the video games pro tip it doesn't um the later movies although i haven't seen them i've seen parts of them steal characters and situations from the games that were out at the time and sort of shoehorn them into their own universe for no real reason so like the real horns yeah, right. One of the Resident Evil movies after this takes place in Raccoon City and has Jill and Nemesis and the guy with the two golden pistols. Um, and so that's like Resident Evil 3, Resident Evil 3, Resident Evil Code Veronica, if, you, if you're uh, playing catch-up. Um, and then there's one that takes place, I don't even know where it takes place, but Jill has the blonde hair and the, the diamond in her chest. And there's also the Axeman from Resident Evil 5. That's hang on, hang on. That's sort of thrown in for no reason. So I gave up after the fourth movie. The first movie is set in the hive. Second movie is in Raccoon City. The third movie is set random desert. The Jill bit that you're talking about, that's the post credit scene. The, the fourth movie is where they make 
Alice sort of she's flying around in a in a in a plane and she looks like Amelia Earhart with a jacket and stuff and that's why it's, it's set on the boat after the prison before they bring in Leon Ada and Barry Baden. I haven't seen that one. And and the clones of Rain, because why not, right? To bring Michelle Rodriguez back playing Michelle Rodriguez at Michelle Rodriguez levels for the second time. I mean, I would say spoilers, but I'm not gonna watch past that one, so I don't really care. So here's what I'll say to you, right? No. The res- the Resident <laughs> Evil movie, right? The first Resident Evil movie, you can either think of it as Alice in Wonderland with zombies or The Matrix with zombies, because that's what it is. It's those two combined. It's that's I mean that's it, right? Roll credits, we're done. See you next time, folks. See you later, Squidgy. See you later, Squidgy. What? <laughs> but yeah, that is essentially it. We'll go through, we'll we'll do a quick high-level uh, discussion of the plot and scene by scene, and then we'll discuss our thoughts, if that's okay. Bunny quotes, you, plot. Yeah, that's the thing, right? There's so many things. I watched a Cinema Massacre about this, right? And in the, in the seven minutes, they pointed out 76 things that were wrong with the movie. And then in the comments said, we didn't want to keep watching the movie. So, <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot that's, that's horrible with this movie that doesn't really make sense. But yeah, so movie starts, right? And there's some science going on. There's this guy moving what we assume are viruses because they are blue and red coils of liquid. Oh, um, hang on, hang on. Just two things. Oh. One, it's blue and green. And two, Sorry. the introduction, right? After the oh, Umbrella yeah. Corporation, you know where you get the thing on screen, Umbrella Corporation. At the end Lazy of that, storytelling, right? Yeah. If you have to tell everyone the universe in which the movie takes place there and you're not willing to, to, to talk about it through exposition in the movie then lazy storytelling. I'm sorry, but that's just how it works. I was expecting after the intro spiel for that woman to go, this is the voyage of the Starship Enterprise. This is a Dreamcast disc. <laughs> it's, this is a GTI disc. If you want to play the... And she just gets bitten and eaten. That's it, right? That's it. But yeah, if you have to rely on the that you see, that's why I jump straight into that scene where he's he's stealing. We'll come on to it in a minute. Where he's stealing the the T virus, right? Because you're not paying it. No one pays attention when there is a static image with narration and text on screen. No one pays attention. The only way that you pay attention is if you're watching Blade Runner, and in that case, there's a wonderful Vangelis soundtrack in the background, and there's like four lines that set up the entire situation. Other than that, if you, you if you're relying on narration, you're doing it wrong. You've made your movie wrong. Go go back and start again. It's that simple. Mm. You, you see him nicking the stuff at the beginning. That's he right. Bud- yeah. He budges in, smashing someone before he does it. He throws the vial. Now, why does what seems to be jelly, gelatin, jello in a tube? Why does that turn to liquid so quickly? And two, surely if the guy works there, he should know better with health and safety. Well, I mean, I know it's the setup for the film, but still. It's explained later on in the movie, like at the one hour and 10 minutes mark, as to mm-hmm. how it turns from that gelatin like liquid into. into oh, air. I've, I've got problems with that, but still. It's done in like a single throwaway line. Don't worry about it, right? We just want to, I just want to focus, right? He bashes into a guy who's holding a cup of coffee on his way into the uh, elevator, right? And then the next time you see that guy, so like it's shot, bashes into him, reverse shot, thanks, reverse shot, the coffee's dry. Well, yeah, it's a right. high-tech facility, isn't it? We're also not talking. We're also talking about red hot 
black coffee as it's as he spells it on himself is black coffee it doesn't have milk in it which means it won't have water in it well it will have water in it but it won't have mm. cold water in it it will be an espresso or something similar so it's red hot it gets bashed into it it's like oh oh passive aggressive and then it's dry right that's not how coffee works but that's my first problem with the movie outside of the narration <laughs> you must have one of those shirts where it just drips off exactly yeah, it's, right. it's one of those um heat dissipating shirts which is but if anyone else would be on the ground screaming you know yeah but then yeah so uh then the security system in the building recognizes that the virus has been uh is no longer contained and locks the whole thing down there's people who were trapped in the elevator people who were trapped in different rooms and they get the uh the sprinklers come on gas gets released effectively everyone in the building except for the people in the elevator die almost instantly and it's, it's proof that dogs don't like fire drills. They go nuts, don't they? They, they just exactly. don't like fire drills at all. Exactly. Although I'll point out, right, that at no point is it is it uh, is it made clear that the dogs are actually infected. All that, ma- that is made clear is that they've all bashed their way out of the cage, ripping the skin off of themselves. So they may not even be infected dogs. Right mm-hmm. in that in that stupidly, we're totally not making the Matrix scene where she runs up the wall and jump kicks the dog with the music that plays backwards. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Pace yourself. Yeah. Pace yourself. We're getting ahead of ourselves, right? So when it goes to the lift, first of all, elevators, especially in uh, Kirkland, they have an emergency brake system where if yes. the electricity goes, it breaks, which mm-hmm. proves that the Red Queen is messing with them. Yes. Right. And secondly. You know when the they're in the the elevator and the guy's freaking out. We need to get out of it, and a woman picks up the emergency phone to see if there's a a dial tone. Yes. When she put the phone to her head, I was expecting. <laughs> no, my question to you, Screech, was: Would that have made this film better? Yes, infinitely better. Okay. Fair enough. Would it have made it win an Oscar? It probably got a golden raspberry. Would it have won the award? Right. Let's see if we could time this right. Would it have won the award for dystopian farting? No. Okay, fair enough. So, sorry, Alex, it wouldn't have won the award for dystopian farting. Okay, so, yeah, they, they get upset in the lift. The lift starts messing about. The, the emergency brakes disengage, then re-engage, they disengage, because the whole idea is that you find out later that there is an artificial intelligence can you hear the bunny quartz? Artificial intelligence, the state-of-the-art artificial intelligence that controls everything about this building you don't realize it's underground yet but you it controls everything about this building uh, including the working conditions and all that kind of thing that's figuring out the best way to kill them right and it kind of does and there's a kind of gruesome way that it kills the lady and there's a bit of a uh the one of the one of the people in the elevator decides i could squeeze out of here i could squeeze out of here gets a head and a shoulder out almost like she's being birthed and then there's this uh bait and switch where it looks like she's going to get chopped in half and then she does get chopped in half well, it's not. It's um, you know, in in a an emergency situation, people always panic and lose their heads, don't they? I see what you did there. But then you see, then we whip cut to Milia um, Jalovalovalovlich naked in the shower, laying on the floor, going, "Oh, my head! I've suddenly got amnesia. It's convenient, you see, because then I don't have to have any character traits. How cool is that? That's the that's the bad." The bad side of Paul W.S. Anderson's writing is he relies on the fact that he creates the main character with absolutely no character traits so then and no history and no anything, so then he can do what he wants with that character. Don't have to rely on actual storytelling. Or perhaps 
perhaps I'm dumbing it down too much and maybe she's meant to be the avatar for the person who's watching the movie as if they're playing the game. Or perhaps I'm giving him a little bit too much credit. This is the guy who wrote all of these movies, by the way. Probably a little too much credit. I can sum up what you said in one sentence. Meanwhile, Alice is asleep on the job. That's it. Yes, indeed. You find out later on why she's asleep on the job. But yeah, she's asleep on the job. And then she like gets out of the shower, walks around naked, looks at the mirror and goes, oh, who am I? I'm this person with blonde hair. Oh, and then wanders around, puts on some clothes, and she intentionally hides herself from the camera, which is not something that anyone does in real life. I'm not saying I wanted to see a booby. What I'm saying is she like... The way that it's shot and the way that it's laid out and the way that she acts in that scene is very clear that she knows there's a camera pointing at her, which is kind of an immersion breaking. But there you go, right? She then walks into this corridor and picks up this this picture of her and this man who on their wedding day and it's, it's reflective and something happens behind her and she looks to her right. Problem number two, geography. She tries and fails to cover herself up. That's why we know yes. the side boob. That's how we know she's a female. Now we know. Now we know. Now we know. Yeah, that that is. I mean, I. You're supposed to suspend your disbelief, but I'm watching it for the giggles. I'll be honest. To be fair, right up to this point, it may as well just be a a soap opera, right? She's got amnesia. She's going to be like <laughs> at this moment in time. I'm thinking there'll be like an evil twin in the later in the next episode, right? There'll be an evil twin who's from South America called Harmon or something like that, right? That'll be how it works. But no, we don't get to find that out because special forces suddenly break in through the window and throw her down on the floor and, and tie her up and that. And then suddenly someone else no, just no, it's, appears. It's, it's the Max, the police officer, the throw down to the floor. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? He, he just appears, right? They burst in through the window. He spontaneously appears in the room, and then they tackle him to the ground and put the shackles on him and say, give me your report. Give me your report. And she's like, I I know speak the English. Give me your report. Give me your report. the English. Give me your report. And then he takes his mask off, revealing, dun, dun, dun. He's not hunk. He's a person. Da, da, da. <laughs> and then without explaining anything else, they go straight into the hive. A hunk's a person too, I may add. Hunks are right. people too. Hunks are people too. Right. Yes. I happen to come across a Yelp review for the mansion in Resident <laughs> Evil. Um, I'd like to read it out for you, if that's okay. Yes. Okay. The, yep, so it's anonymous. Is, so is, is this is this the mansion from the movie or Spencer Mansion? Uh, mansion from the movie, not the Spencer okay. Mansion. Right. Okay. Okay, yeah. So Yelp anonymous, review left by anonymous. Lovely deco. Uh, the showers were not what I thought. I wasn't expecting heavy weaponry in the underwear drawer. Breakfast wasn't included, but we did get ambushed by special ops, zombies, and Alice. I give it three stars. <laughs> so, so that's a bit, pretty much bit harsh, but you know, <laughs> it is a bit harsh, but it's pretty much on point, right? <laughs> so special forces break in and they all start taking off their gas masks to reveal that they're real people, and then special ops captain Mc. What's his face? Ta-da! Wanders over, pushes a bunch of buttons next to a door case, which reveals an elevator, and they go downstairs. They haven't explained what's going on. Just like he's a police officer, we'll just bring him with us, 
right? doesn't matter, right? They rush in, they take her. She doesn't know what's going on. She's got amnesia. They go inside, right? They run down to a train and then they get in the train and we get Michelle Rodriguez being the most Michelle Rodriguez ever. Now I'm making fun, but I think she's ace in this film. She's practically perfect in this movie, right? They get on board this train and this train has a bunch of hanging pipes that are just sort of hanging there. And you're thinking, ah, that'll be used to take out the boss later on. Well, dear listener, you are in fact completely correct. Um, but we'll get onto that in a minute. They can't get the train running. So Michelle Rodriguez does the most Michelle Rodriguez thing she can do. And that's do what the men can't do. She jumps down onto the tracks and gets the train running. The guy says, jumpy. Oh, isn't it funny? She then just jumps up. He then opens the door and the other guy falls on him and he goes, ah, and she goes, jumpy. Do you see, do you see <laughs> sexual tension? But there you go. Sexual tension. And off they go, right? They still haven't explained what's going on. They get on the train. They do eventually. They, they do then eventually. start explaining whilst the train's in motion. Yeah. And it's one of those where you've got the, the I want to say iconic, but the um, very subtle fitting music as they're walking down to the train. And I'll call him Captain Dude. He starts giving orders and stuff. And, oh, yeah. Uh, it's doing that whole yeah. finger-waving thing that, that, that people do. First thing I thought was, cool train, bro. Does it have Wi-Fi? <laughs> and then yeah you know when you see the train and it makes a massive point of going this is the train and the 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 license plate or whatever it is on the front is alexia i don't know if you noticed yeah um, yeah, yeah yeah and it's, you know they, they make such a point of concentrating on the train you think that's not going to come in handy later on is it of course right and it looks very much like the train from the end of resident evil 2 as well right we'll come back to resident evil 2 a number of times but anyway so they get on the train they get into the hive, right? And then you get this wonderful piece of, I say wonderful, did you hear the bunny quotes? This wonderful piece of exposition when they get to where they're going, where they're like, this is an underground facility run by the Umbrella Corporation. And I'm explaining everything to this one random police officer that we haven't vetted. And this other guy who we found in the cupboard, because it doesn't matter about security because none of you will survive, right? And then it cuts to like this really not so great cgi almost like taken directly from a video game but what video game i can't tell alien trilogy yeah right from alien trilogy back in the 90s right of this train running through down to the hive and then they they step in and they're like where is everybody there's nobody here what's going on hmm weird and they carry on walking and walking 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 they get to a security area Oh, no. Uh, did they get ambushed first? I honestly can't remember. No, because nothing's been let out, right? So they go through the security area, and there's these big containers, and it says unstable. Oh, no, it says stable on all the doors. And uh, and Alice looks in, and she's like, oh, what's this? What's this? Then, bang, jump scare that you couldn't totally see coming, because you could see it coming, of uh, Captain Wow leaning in and going, that's weird, huh? Anyway, I said, stay together. And they come together and they get into the room with the Red Queen. The Red Queen, they eventually get there. The Red Queen is the boss, the AI that is controlling everything in the area, right? They threaten to shut the Red Queen down. And the Red Queen says, don't, because if you do that, the virus has been contained. If you shut me down, you will release the virus and you'll all die. And they go, we know better than you because we're people. Grr. And they release an EMP which stands for electromagnetic pulse, which destroyed, which in real life would destroy the computer and all other computers for miles around. Including all the stuff got on the wrists. Yeah, it doesn't destroy Captain PDA man's PDA, right? It doesn't destroy the Pip-Boy, right? But anyway, so they so they do that. 
before they get oh. to the security center, they go through the labs. And yes. that's where you see all the water tanks, and then mm. you get the jump scare of the woman who's drowning in the tank. At which point yeah. it was, which, um, if you look at that, if you look at that shot, right? If you watch, if you really pay attention when you're watching it, it is a mannequin that is designed to open its eyes at the right time, right? And it's not even her arm; it's some other arm that goes boof onto the case. It's some mm. other arm. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, first time going through the labs. If the Red Queen was going to say anything, it'd be ah. And if you look to your left, you'll see the poop labs. And also, they're not very good as special forces because they go into the labs and the security place. And it's either when they go into the labs or just before they go into the security room. One of them, I assume it's the medic, it's the woman. I, I, one of the women, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know her name. She's not called by name. She sort of looks at her wrist and she goes, air quality is clear, considering they took all the masks off. It's not really professional, is it? Yeah, right. You want to take your mask off before you find out, uh, after you find out that the uh, the air quality is clear, right? Oh, we'll if, back- if, if you're going to be really nasty, you just kick in the survivors and see if they choke to death. <laughs> Exactly right. But yeah, so before they can shut down the the queen, they go into what I think is the cool shot of the movie. There's only one cool shot in this movie, and unfortunately it's ruined by the way that it's shot, right? They walk down this corridor, and and, and it's a section that gets copied. See, life imitating art is a section that is copied block for block into a QTE for Resident Evil 4. It's this really cool laser beam section right if you've seen the movie you know what i mean the first laser beam comes through and the captain wow says everybody down look out and everybody gets down and looks out except for the medic who kind of turns around and goes kind of slow poke wise it gets a head chopped off by this laser now it is kind of cool because the head kind of slides forward slowly then plops off but it does it in a very underworld style right The, the laser goes through and then there's like maybe four or five seconds before the blood starts trickling down through her neck and then her head slides off and then falls off very much in the style of underworld right and then the next laser beam comes through and captain wow jumps over it and he's like i grab hold of the thing above me and put myself up flat and it chops off part of his gun then the next one comes through and he's just about ready to go you see what he should have done he should have stepped back because if you look at the set it's lined up so that there's enough space on either side for someone to run out of the way of the lasers. But anyway, he stays where he is and he's getting ready to jump. And a single laser beam becomes like a checkered board and it gets three quarters of the way through him and then stops because they switch it off. And then he just turns into Ghibli bits, which was pretty cool. I know I shouldn't be like pulling the plot apart but like this, but it's a big, massive mirrored room. Yes. And three special forces trained people walked in and they've all got heavy weaponry. Yes. Why not just shoot the panel so the lasers can't get to them? Either side, they'll stop. Because you're relying on plot. The the writer had to kill off a bunch of characters as quickly as possible, right? It needs to be the smallest number of people, right? Yeah. And that's the only way you could think of doing it, presumably. I mean, anyways, you, you can't say those lasers weren't effective. Yeah, that's true. So they shut down. They shut down the um, the the red queen, which opens all the doors. And I'll take this moment to tell you that I feel like um, you see Alice, Red Queen. Are we seeing a pattern? I've already mentioned it. It's essentially Alice in Wonderland with zombies, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's at this point, if you haven't noticed it already, that Milia Jovovich in this film has two expressions, and that is constipated and awkwardly laughing. That's the only two uh, expressions that she has in this movie. Oh, when right. she mixes the two, she looks annoyed and angry. Yeah, that's it, right? Um, like anyone would be if they were constipated and awkwardly laughing. 
I, so, I, I'm guessing someone would be really angry that was happening. That's it. So they shut down the queen and they go, right, we can get through to wherever we need to go. And they, they, they walk out and get, get accosted by zombies and they have to fight their way through. Oh, no, there's a zombie shooty bang, bang thing. Are you right? talking about the first encounter of the zombies? Yeah, right. You glanced over that quite a lot. I've got quite extensive right. notes about well, that. Go on then. Give me some notes so, about that first section with the zombies then. So why is it in a zombie film no one's seen the zombie film? Oh, that happens all the time. That's one of the top tropes of a zombie movie, right? No one realizes that these people are the walking dead and the only way to dispatch them is to destroy the brain or remove the head, right? No one realizes. I guess they're going for realism in all of these tropes or maybe it's just lazy filmmaking. So I've, I've, I've got a specific thing I brought down about that. Is, um, so why is it in zombie films, you're left wondering, why has no one ever seen the zombie film? Whereas if you have to start... If, if someone starts spouting facts to help out, your instant reaction is, that guy's going to die fast, or I want him to die because he's a smart That's it, right. So it's, it. you, you, you can't win either way, can you? But, yeah, um, so they're kind, of, they kind of standing there going, get back, stay back, stay back or I'll shoot. No, stay back, stay back further. Stay back further. Even further, stay back. No, now you're right in front of me. You're still not staying back. I'm going to shoot, 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 I'm going to shoot. Three hours later. What's going on to show you? Like, right? This, that's after Rain gets bit. Yeah, then Rain gets bit. And I'm like, no, the best character in the movie. That's not fair. The only one with any kind of character motivation or anything going on. Well, you know, you know, um, when the zombie starts showing up and the, the it's showing that they're surrounded. Yes. I was waiting for the narrator to go, machine gun, action. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So they're, they're back in that room with all of the um, with all of those containers that now say unstable. And they get surrounded by zombies. And they're like, what are we going to do? How are we going to get out? We don't know what to do. We're special operatives. We've gone through lots of training to be able to deal with being surrounded by natives. And we don't know what to do. And then one of them just... Not natives, combatants. Oh, yes. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Steady on. Yes. Yes. And so suddenly someone has the great idea. Why don't we just start shooting everybody? It becomes a bullet fest, right? And uh, Max, the police officer who totally isn't supposed to look like Chris at all, right? Chris Redfield, right? He, he, he starts stumbling and he finds the keys. He gets the keys and unlocks his, unlocks his, his bracelets and he can get what? out. Except, yes. While he's trying to get the keys, they fall down a grate and a flaming zombie starts attacking him. Now, this is where the greatest thing you'll ever learn from this movie, if anything, should be this. Max uses the only form of martial arts that's useful against zombies. I'm going to loop back to this because this this makes repeat appearances. And that is leg foo. Leg foo. Everyone else tries to push away, tries to barge past him. Nothing. Max uses his leg foo. The zombies can't get near him. And Leg foo. Oh, yep. Yeah, just a quick thing. I noticed this as well. The passcode, I didn't write this code down because I didn't remember it. This is a fact about it. The passcode that they use for the door to get into the lift is 04031965. That is Paul W. Anderson's birthday. Yeah. I was thinking it would be like the release date of Night of the Living Dead, but that's just... Paul W. Anderson's... um, How do I come up with an eight-digit code off the top of my head? Oh, I know. I'll put my date of birth on there. Yeah, which, so, is, which is what a lot of people do for uh, passwords online, which so is not an idea. Two out of three steps of the way through social engineering, Paul W.S. Anderson, and we're only 25 minutes into the movie, right? We've got his name. Good stuff. We've got his day of birth. <laughs> we can crack into all... I'm not going to stay. I, I, yeah, don't, don't, 
crack into people's things, but you've got basically all the information you need, right? I mean, you can find this stuff on Wikipedia. But anyway, yeah, um, <laughs> Max is using um, leg foo, which is a whole load better than kung fu, which in itself is better than deja foo, which is the feeling that you've already been hit over the head twice today. Say, say, chefs use that, pan foo. That that joke brought to you by Terry Pratchett. Mm. Pan foo, frying pans. Yeah. Oh, yes, twang, twang. Good old twang from the glowing oh, yes. sound. So they get the door open and it's full of zombies. Doody McJD, that's his name, isn't it? JD, right? JD gets munched. He's dragged in and Ren's like, no, JD, no. Who am I going to have sexual banter with now? No, no. And they close the door. You see, if she instead of tried to grab him and drag him back, if she went flying in with the legs, all Chun Lee style, right, with the leg foo, it'd have been dragged out. It'd have been fine. But no, plot, plot demands he's sacrificed to advance later plot munching devices, which is a spoiler, which I'm not even going to bother putting in, to be honest. That's right. right. It's not so, so yeah, so they, they decide we can't get out, so we need to go consult the Red Queen again. So they start making their way back into the labs, don't they? That's what they do, no, isn't the, it? The special forces go back to the Red Queen. Max and Alice split up. That's right, yeah. Special forces go to the Red Queen. This is after she specifically told them before they reset the system, you're all going to die in that, yeah. that little voice. I imagine when all the people go to the doctors and the doctors say, I can't help you, there's no magic pill. I imagine that's what they hear the doctors say because doctors <laughs> are always young. You know, there's no magic pill. You've got an unhealthy <laughs> lifestyle. As they're swinging their legs and eating a lollipop, you know. So I imagine. So they go to back to the Red Queen. Yes. First, um, with things being explained, and then it goes to Alice. Yes. And the dog section. Yes. So this whole second race, so they've decided somehow, for some reason, this never explained, to split up. Happens in all the movies, right? So Lex Ridge says the special forces, the, the two that are left from the special, two, yeah, two that are left from special forces go back to the Red Queen to try and reboot her. Alice decides to go for a little bit of a walk by herself. She doesn't know this whole area. She's completely suffering with amnesia. She ends up in, in what I can only explain is like animal testing labs. And Max ends up upstairs in the like the admin area, right? Um, Alice walks into this lab and you can see that the dogs don't like that there's been a fire alarm and have bashed their way through the, the crates and there's blood dripping from the crates and there's blood everywhere. Mm. She sneaks through this room nice and quiet walks into another room, closes the door behind her and turns around and suddenly there's a zombie that's managed to sneak up behind her somehow from a closed room. Anyway, she beats him up doing lots of punch foo, which doesn't work. And then jumps into the air and kicks him with the kick foo, which, which eventually killed him. Right. Kick foo score number two. Like, like, right. Leg foo. Sorry. Leg foo two punch foo zero. Right. So she takes him out. And then suddenly she kind of goes, yeah, beat you. And then looks across, dog, rah, kind of growly, growly. So she gets out of the room and then the dog comes running at her. And you get this, you get this weird sound of music. And it is, it is legitimately music being played backwards. As she runs up the wall, the old Jackie Chan style, jumps off the wall and kicks it in the face. This is after she shoots um, seven dogs 
with I think it's eleven Four bullets. Eleven yeah, bullets. Yeah, yeah. So she as as being as we find out later on, she's a member of the security force. She really sucks a marksmanship. But yeah, she she climbs the walls, kicks the dog, proving after she kicks the dog and it goes flying. She's looking around. She's a bit sort of, what the hell? And you get the quick cuts, proving that her powers are returning. You know, the powers of leg foo works on dogs. I, there's, there's very little I can say about that scene, apart from after she kicks the zombie, it's still breathing, which yeah. technically it shouldn't be because it's uh, a zombie. That whole scene was essentially just used to shoehorn Look, there are zombie dogs, and look at Millie Java Lava Lava Lunch. She could do wire work too, right? <laughs> this is essentially an extended resume for her, right? Yeah. It's just look at the two expressions she can do. Look at the, the fact that she can do wire work. Look at the fact that she's willing to walk through um, water up to uh, mid calf level, uh, mid thigh level, and freeze. Look at how cool she is. And she's willing to be naked on screen. How amazing is this, right? This may as well just be called Resident Evil colon the Million Dollar Lovelace resume tape. But anyway. Why don't you right? call it Resident Evil colon? Yeah, right. So anyway, she disappears. <laughs> and we cut back to Max, right? He's walking around in the admin block trying to find his sister, right? Everyone in the building is dead. Everybody's dead, Dave. Dave, everybody's dead. Where are you trying to tell me that everybody's dead, right? He's walking around going, where's my sister? My sister must be alive. Again, totally not supposed to be Chris, right? He's doing the Chris Redfield, Claire Redfield, where's my sister thing, right? Called Veronica. So he walks into this admin office and he explains through some exposition, some lazy exposition, my sister had a contact on the inside and she was going to sneak out the virus. And then it cuts to like a memory on. bit. Oh, That's after he's attacked by his sister and uh, Alice does her in. Yeah, that whole, <gasps> that's someone I know. And they have really pale skin and they've got a gaping wound in their face and they're going no. and attack him. She's got no visible wounds on her, but she is sort of breathing a little skittish and she's walking yes. forward. Now, the big clue here is that one of her arms is drooping. Now, let me go yes. back to my notes, right? Why are zombies always one side heavy, dropping a left or right arm? I know in a mad blind panic because of like trampling and stuff, bones can be dislocated. Yes. But, you know, you're a zombie. Throw your chest out. Be proud. You're the living dead. You don't have to limp. You, you don't see zombie dogs. They don't slouch. Normal dogs can flop on the floor or walk, ways, uh, walk lazily, but zombie dogs don't. Proud, lethal, effective hunters on the prowl for the world's largest supply of free dinner. Oh, yeah. There's no longer man's best friend. Everyone to them is pedigree chum on legs. Undead, yes. Unperson, no. Terry Pratchett reference number two. Yeah, I mean, everyone's pedigree chum to a dog. They're, they're very proud. They're on the prowl. They're hunting. Humans, I mean, especially zombies, you know, there's always, whenever you see a picture in popular culture of zombies, they're either half eaten or they've got wounds, and there's always one arm stretched out, normal shoulder height, and the other one drooping. Yep. Unless it's dislocated. Yep. Is, is that a thing when you become a zombie, your, your arm dislocates before you reanimate? <laughs> I just maybe. Just, just pop right we're up now that's it if the arm don't pop you're a survivor we'll come back to that in a moment right but yes so then they get this whole exposition scene out of the way and they go back to join everyone right and this is where you start to realize that they've they've put in an, an over reference to the first video game and to all of the the first three video games in that um all of the well all of the dead bodies disappear 
Now, is that a reference to the technical limitations of the games, or is that just lazy filmmaking? Now, considering we've already had voiceover narration and badly written story and look at my future wife, isn't she so hot so far, I'm tempted to say lazy filmmaking. What do you think, Scridge? I think it's a budgetary thing. All, okay. all the zombies were played by dancers, right? So they can get loose and limp. Yes. Because that's the best person to play a zombie. Is, is it? Yeah, obviously. Um, because dancers are really loose. They're really limber. They can get in. They can move. You know, they're all squiggly with their arms and stuff. And um, I reckon they only had like three days to film all of the scenes with zombies in. So I think right. it's a cost-cutting measure or just blatant laziness. Maybe. One of the two. Maybe. Maybe, but even so, yeah. So that's when you start to realize that once they've been dispatched, they disappear, right? So they get back to the control room and they're like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We've got one person who's been bitten and has survived for like 45 minutes of the movie after having been bitten. But then we've seen people who get bitten and reanimate like this. But anyway, let's breeze past that, right? We've got to turn the computer back on. Well, that's plot number one. And number two yeah. is, you know, when you see like the the map view and you see the heat signatures and the zombies have got heat signatures, I think. I think it was. Yeah. But you see them somehow running, dead. Yeah. Right? yeah. And running and then they're struggling to close the door and what have you. I heard the boss music from Super Mario 2 on the net as they're running towards it. <laughs> trying to shut the door. And then when the door shuts, it's, you know, that's all I heard. And I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> it's a proper, proper realistic action movie, and I'm laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, you know, it's uh, there's there's some Mario music in Mario music in here. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah, they get back to that room and they say, "We're going to turn the computer back." What are we going to do? We don't know what we're going to do. How do we get? We're going to have to turn the computer back on. But if we turn the computer back on, we're going to have to turn the computer back on. Where are we going? We're going to have to turn the computer back on. So they go turn the computer back on. Another plot device you got to remember is that. Just remember, if you and your friends are stuck in a zombie situation and you have amnesia, and you all have amnesia, the first one to regain a little bit of their memory becomes the leader, like Alice. Yes. It's not right. It's not the special forces guy. She goes, we're turning her back on. At least one of them should have gone, uh, you're not in charge. Yeah, right. But anyway, off she storms. She turns the computer back on. They set up this EMP on what is essentially a, a car unlocking device, right? And they're like, we push this button and she'll kill her again. Yeah, we'll be the we'll be the victor. And it's like, well, no, you won't, because then all the doors will be locked again. Anyway. So they're like, Where's the cure? Where's the cure? There's a cure. I've I've remembered enough to know that there's a cure, but I don't remember my name, where I live, what's going on, or who am I, but I can remember that there's a cure. So they say, Let's go get the cure, right? Because rain is suffering. So they go and get the they go and get split up, don't they? Right? Whoa, 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 and hang then- on. I've got more notes before you do that. Oh, okay, fair enough. So I I did I, I had a massive interest in science when I was younger, so a lot of the scientists yeah. I have problems with, right? But according, oh, yes. according to the Resi film, even in death, the human brain, uh, the body still grows hair and nails, which is false. The body's misconception, right? Yes. Right. Even in death, the human brain contains a small electrical charge and takes months to dissipate. So dead humans, when reanimated, are the equivalent to potatoes. Walking dead potatoes? Because you can run a clock off a potato, can't you? Dude, I've just had... Yeah, right? Woof. I've just had an apostrophe. Lightning has just struck my brain, right? What if there was light, Night of the Living Dead Potatoes? And your only weapons are like a potato peeler. 
Mr. Potato Head. Right? Show there's some sort of mod for Left 4 Dead for that. There you go, right? Night of the Living Dead Potatoes. Get on the internet. (laughs) Zombies have very little memories, right? So no Giorgio Romero link there because of Dawn of the Dead, right? Yeah. And, of course, they said zombies, and zombies have the need to feed. Whoop! I said the need to feed, because they do, obviously. It's a basic need, isn't it? Um, I like but it. According to the movie, again, the virus, the virus is proteant, right? Adapts to the environment, so it's the MacGyver of viruses, and it's yes. almost impossible to kill. I've got an idea. I've seen an extensive amount of zombie films. I think I've got an idea. How about using a whacking great big flamethrower? A missile barrage ends Raccoon City in Resi 3. Now, any sort of missile barrage, I'm pretty sure it's a nuclear missile as well. When a nuclear missile detonates, the temperature gets real hot, real fast, and nothing survives. So why can't they just go in with flamethrowers? Because there are no flamethrowers? You know, it's it. what is it? it they, they don't want the, the temperature in the facility to get too hot. They go in there with the flamethrowers and one person goes, oh, open a window. It's getting a bit, getting yeah. hot here. Oh, it's a bit of a sauna in here, isn't it? Oh, open, window, <laughs> open a window. You know, why don't you just go in with flamethrowers, the living dead? That's, yeah, right. That's how, that's how you kill most viruses. Anyway, you, you, just, you just torch them. There you go. That's all we need to do. There's, there's very little viruses that can survive a very high temperature. There we go. That's all we need to do. Scridge's top tip to survive virus attacks is use a flamethrower. If you don't have a flamethrower, get a canister of uh, hairspray and a light. Please don't do that because you'll end up hurting yourself and we'll be to blame. We accept no responsibility for anything whatsoever, ever. Hairspray and lighter, just don't do that. But one other thing I've got, one other thing I've got is... She says one bite, one scratch can spread the virus. You see rain massage now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what about if a zombie decides to lick your ear or give you a rough massage? Well, that is, that's the, oh, now, zombie massage. That would probably bring it, that would actually be really horrible because it'd be cold and clammy, right? She said one bite, one scratch. She didn't mention anything else. Take a sock, fill it full of ice cream, rub yourself about the face with it and you've got my Saturday evenings. But if you do that, <laughs> right. It's Sunday for me, but you know, it's nice to have it. Right. That. that would be what, um, having a massage from a zombie would feel like the roughness of the skin, the cold and clamminess of the ice cream. Some people are into that, but what I'm saying is it, I don't think it would be as enjoyable for me is what I'm saying. We don't condone or approve that behavior, but we don't know how you conduct your life. So each Exactly right. Um, we don't con- condone or conduct G at all. Whatever he says is just nonsense. Nope. <laughs> nope. Ah, warning sign. Um, so they get told you need to get to, what is it, after the talk to the Red Queen, they get told you need to... You have to go, go, go over to the labs. Yeah. Go, go to the thing, right? Because yes. the zombies are everywhere. They decide, we'll go in the sewers. And I spoke... I so wanted, you know, when Rain opens the, the 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 hatch and she turns to Alice and goes, ladies first. I wanted an outtake where she goes, no, ladies first. And then ladies first. And then one of them just go, walks up and goes, oh, for fuck's sake, just get in there and throws them both in. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's an outtake. I've never seen the outtakes, but that'd be really cool. You first, you first, you first. A humility battle. That'd be brilliant. So we're several miles underground. Yeah. And there's a sewer. Of course. Under... So, right, just stay with me, right? Street level, 
sewer, mm-hmm. several miles, hive, sewer. Where's that second sewer going? It's a sub-sewer. Okay, right. So they go into the sewer. And, right. and also that, that, that little thing that you did, no one can see that on audio, by the way. I know, but you can maybe imagine what I was doing, right? And so, yes, they go into the sewers and they're walking around all cautious, all quiet. Don't make a sound. Be really quiet, right? Then suddenly zombies who can't um, even breathe without making noise, they shuffle really loud, they moan a lot, they smash into things. Suddenly, boo, they sneak up on them again, right? They get surrounded again. And can we talk about, right, before we talk about the next, can we talk about the fact that Mary Sue, I mean Alice, right, manages to kill a zombie by breaking its arm? I've got some notes on this. Just let me read them. Because I, I wrote them as if I was going to speak them out, okay? So, in the Streets of Rage section... In the tunnels, (laughs) Alice jumps up and wraps her legs around a zombie's head and breaks its neck. Now, I have two problems with this. One, it is said that you need to destroy the brain or sever the spinal column. Since when did uh, snapping zombies' heads work? That's my first problem. Second problem, I mean, it's kudos that that Alice can deal with that and that she did that. But as a bloke, I don't think I would want any part, let alone my junk, Anywhere near a zombie's mouth, even if the situation called for snapping a zombie's neck with my legs. Yes. I'm sorry, I just wouldn't. Also, uncovered legs. Yeah, I would rely on leg foo. I would. Yeah. I mean, if you see a zombie, you don't think I'm going to attack him with my junk. Uh, no, you, you kick him in the face and then keep running. You know, I would not do that. But from here on out, I'm going to refer, after the Streets of Rage section, I'm going to refer to Alice as Blaze. Okay, she's dressed very similarly. Also, also, all the way through the film, the massive leather jacket she was given gets more form-fitted as she goes along. I don't know if you know it's true. That's true. It it seems to somehow fit her better as she goes through the film. Hmm. So, yes, as Squidge was saying, it's the Streets of Rage section. They can't use Rain's gun, A, because she's starting to lose her ability to focus, and B, because they're in such close quarters. So they start with the punchy-punchy, except Alice is the only one with the punchy-punchy. Everyone else is kind of like, oh, no, save me, Alice. Save me, Mary Sue. I need your help. You need to save me. Ah! And then they somehow... That's on the um, director's commentary track on the film. Of course, right? And then they're like, oh, wait, there's a catwalk above us. There's some pipe works that we can crawl along. So splinters out, don't we? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they go all splinter cell, right? So three of them get climbed, climb up there, shimmy up there really quickly, right? And Rain gets trapped down there, right? And she's like, oh, it's JD. JD, you're dead. Don't make me show you that whole I don't recognize the zombie thing. I recognize it's one of my friends. Not that they're a zombie. Holds the gun up, Don. Don't come near me. Don't come near me. Don't come near me. And he gets close enough to bite her onto the neck. And she's like, ah! And then it sort of whip cuts to her sitting on the pipes. We're not going to bother explaining how she gets up the pipes, just nope. that she got bit again, right? With what lazy film making? Now, now that little bit proves how much they're trying to push Rain as a badass, and I'll tell you precisely why. Either JD can't bite worth a damn, or Rain has the thickest neck muscles on the planet. That bite should have opened up her neck and had blood shooting out like a fountain. I'm saying that she's the most badass of badasses because so she's you, Michelle Rodriguez. So you think right? she's got like an uber thick neck, like yes, like steel plating under the skin, that kind of thing. Right. So her neck, right? It's made of steel plate. Uh, no, so it's skin, steel plate, sandpaper, concrete, tomatoes, the hanging gardens of Babylon, blood. That's what her neck is like. Okay. Clearly, I, this I, move. This movie proves it. 
I, I can dig it. Yeah, I can dig it. Yeah. Um, and then well, yeah. it, it's weird. The next thing you see is Rain's hand and it's dripping with blood. And then the next scene, it's just covered in black dye, uh, red dye because there's no yeah. blood. And it's uh, Blaze wants to tend to her wounds. It seems like she hasn't got a jacket now. And uh, she's going, I'm fine. Leave me alone. You know, my neck's fine. Leave me alone. Then um, you have the obligatory, she's saying, you like that, don't you? And all the zombies are like, trying to get the blood and whatever. And they go along the pipes. And who who wouldn't have seen the fact that if they all go across the pipes at the same time in an intersection where there's a butt ton of zombies, that it's going to break. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't bother. Let's not explain how Rain got up the pipes, right? We're past the point of it being Resident Evil related. We're talking about it being a zombie movie, right? She climbs up onto the pipes, but they don't explain how. We assume she doesn't take any more damage. She gets bitten. She somehow like, gets up there. Uh, yeah. So she no, gets- sorry, not, not, not her... The, the tech guy, is it? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember his name. I want to say Skipper, but it's not. Uh, I should have written his name down. Lieutenant Pip-Boy. That'll do. We'll call him Pip-Boy, right? Yeah. Right? He he gets up but gets bitten in the leg. She receives no further damage other than a bite to the the uh, bite to the uh, sandpaper epidermis, right? Um, but we don't find out how she gets up onto the stanchion. Okay, so she gets up there. They start crawling along. It gives way, and he gets bitten again, right? And the, the, there's this bit. Right, where he's like, I've only got one round left. I've got to kill myself. I've got a movie trope number seven. No, I won't. I'll kill one of you. You're going to have to work for your meal. And off he goes, supplying us with a deus ex machina for later on. So I've got a couple of problems with this part as well. So I'll read from my notes again, because i got my notes. You can tell this is an American film and cast. If this was, If anyone in this film was portrayed by a British character, like a, a bog standard, not a Buckinghamshire am from London, but um, that's not a Cockney character. They would either stop completely in fear and un- before they got up to the pipes and the zombies would have ate them. They would be freaking out constantly, babbling or swearing like a sailor. Yes, or all three. Or probably a mixture of all three. They wouldn't be cool and calm and then when the pipe starts to go, they'll start freaking out. It'd be yes. constantly babbling, oh my God, oh my God, you know, and swearing like a sailor. Also, Rain says, and I quote, I can't focus, I can't see. Did you notice that she was facing the wrong f-ing way? That's likely why she can't focus and she can't see. Alice <laughs> I did point in the that. correct direction. Rain is pointing at Alice. Right, okay. Sorry, Blaze. <laughs> She's pointing at Blaze, and I thought, God's sake, you're not even facing the right direction. Bloody Rain. I know you're a bit, but come on. Just the big red target. Shoot the big red target. It's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I saw that and I went back to check. Just saw like the angles and stuff. And it, yeah, she was she was facing. She was aiming at the survivors and not wow. dump it. Wow. Okay. So Pip Boy runs off in another direction, and the remaining four survivors so far wander off. Right. They why, get. Why to have they got man. a six shooter? Be- because because surely surely if he's part of this elite unit i'm going to use the punny quotes there not the bunny quotes the punny quotes um why doesn't he not have the same equipment as the others i know he's the tech guy but he still needs to be armed he still goes in with a machine gun and everyone else has got like semi-automatic pistols berettas of that kind glocks and whatever yet he's got an old school six shooter and he throws it why throw it the zombie you can at least pistol whip him well, yeah, or if he'd have kept it, he might have found some ammo later, but whatever, mm-hmm. right? So he runs oh, off. Won't let him, you know. Yeah, right, he runs off, and the heroes go on in a different direction. 
end up in this lab and they're walking around and Alice goes, wait, it's this way. I know because all of my memory has suddenly come back because it's convenient for it all to come back, right? So the second time through the map, the, the lab, memories, freaky, ghostly, ridden memories, plot device. And then that wonderful line from Rain, where she's like, she's struggling to get anywhere. She's like, the first thing I'm going to do when I get out of here is I'm going to get laid. It's like, lady, you're, you're like full of holes and bleeding everywhere. I don't I'm think... I don't think getting your rocks on should be, or rocks off, or whatever you do with your rocks, should be the top priority right now. I think perhaps surviving this nonsense is probably the re- the top priority. Yeah, I mean, I won't put it past her. She is, you know, she she's the kind of person where she says she's going to do something and it's going to happen. So she could, she could walk out of that mansion if the zombie apocalypse didn't happen afterwards, covered in blood. She could go into a bar and still get laid. Exactly right, because it's Michelle motherfucking Rodriguez. That's mm. who it is. Anyway, so they they're like the the cure. It's in this room. It's in this room. I know where it is. So they go into this room, and it's already partially flooded. And and Blaze works her way across the room to basically the set that you saw at the very beginning of the movie, and goes, "No, the cure is missing. We have no cure. It's the end of the world." Oh no! And then um, silent Mc dude who clearly doesn't want to fucking be there. Right, he suddenly has a brainwave and figures out who he is. Whips out a pistol and goes, ah ha 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 line. <laughs> Thank you. Ha 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 ha. Right, he does all of that and says, "Don't want to shoot you. Might need the bullets." And leaves and locks the door. Again, right? I I have a little note about this. This is me using real world logic instead of movie logic. Mm-hmm. So let me get this straight. From the plot uh, flashback of the Spence remembering everything, Spence being the guy who can't remember his lines, obviously, as he just mentioned, uh, like wanting to make his and Alice's dreams come true by stealing the virus so that Alice doesn't have to, taking down the hive in the process. Selling it would cripple Umbrella, starting a new outbreak under a different company. They want Umbrella to pay. So in this one flashback, Spence does exactly that. Just because he wants a payday afterwards shouldn't make him the bad guy. Because he takes so, down Umbrella. They want to take down Umbrella, not the virus. Yeah, right. That's it, right? They are those two are meant to be Chris and Jill, but but not, right? That's what that's why the plot in this movie doesn't make sense, right? I'll also point out, right? In the flashback, the note that he writes is not the note that she sees at the beginning of the goddamn film. And lazy filmmaking. And the um, directional microphone that he's using would not pick up that range. Exactly. And the directional microphone that he would need to use would have to be on a tripod, I think. It's one one of the facts that I've got. I'll go through the facts at the end. But yeah, that directional mic would not work. And it's not the same note from the beginning. Yeah. Just... Right, okay. Whoever did the continuity for this obviously got paid in a packet of M&Ms and needs to be whipped. The the person who did the continuity for this doesn't exist, right? So anyway, he gets the whole, I'm going to escape and runs off. And they're sort of standing there going, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Meanwhile, you can see that Milia Zovolich is visibly shivering, right? Not as a character, but visibly shivering. And then the Red Queen says, there's one amongst you who's who's uh, infected, get rid of her and I'll open the doors and you can escape. Yes, yes. And Alice can't do it. And at the yes. which point, 
No, 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 fast. Which uh, the first thing happens is the Red Queen says, "I've been a bad girl," and it shows you a screen, yes. and it cuts to Spence getting to the train. He knows where the virus, uh, the virus and the antivirus is, and he gets it out and he's trying to prepare his arm and stuff. Point one, it's a good thing he's not colorblind. Can you imagine yes. if he put the wrong that one? That's true. Right. <laughs> also, another thing I just want to point out real quick: double the amount of virus it would counteract it, right? No, they make it eight, okay, eight, 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 ten quicker. That's uh, Resident Evil logic. Okay, fair enough. All of the characters that are main characters or like the, the red shirt characters, as I call them, yes, yes, reference. Yes, yes. whenever they're 10, they've got white um, contact lenses in all yes. the other zombies don't. They've got white contact no, lenses to show yeah. that obviously they mean something either yes. zombie chow pedigree chum or walking death sticks or whatever. Right now, what happens after that is you see one of the first experiments, which you've seen earlier on the liquor. And I've got a few facts about that as well. Resident Evil two reference number two. Right chomp down on him and she says that anytime it feeds on fresh dna it evolves but she said one of the first experiments is where they injected the t-virus into living tissue right i'd like to think despite the fact that it's got a brain and when you see it in cg its brain is brown but when you see it on the camera it's the normal color which i noticed i'd like to think that the living tissue that they injected the t-virus into was a left big toe not a right big toe, a left big toe. Because I'd, I'd just like to see a left big toe with teeth. <laughs> what would have been the difference? A left big toe versus a right big toe. What's the difference there? The the, the right big toe would have evolved slower. The left ah, big toe is accelerated evolution. Right, I see, I see. Because it has an L in it, right? Yeah. Also, okay. also <laughs> obviously in the movie, they use practical effects mixed with CG, and they should use practical effects all the way because it looks so much better. Yes. They had two physical, uh, practical uh, props, which was the, the the liquor. One of them was just a head, and one of them was like the the front legs and the torso, right, for when it was like bashing against the glass in the lab and what have you. They nicknamed the bigger one on set Clive. Fair enough. I just thought I'd throw it out there. Yeah, that's a... I'll that's tell you where I got all these facts from at the end, but they, I'm just yeah, yeah. them in where I can. But yeah, but yeah. Uh, the, the left big toe Clive... Kills yes. Spence, you know, and, and the, the people in the in the in that locked room are like, no, we're not going to get out, and it's slowly filling with the water. We're going to die. We're going to die. Pip Boy to the rescue. He opens the door and goes like, hey, everybody, how I great? I rescued you. Yay! Hey, everybody, I'm a plot device. Look at me. Yeah, right. Look at me, I'm a Which plot is- device. That's it. So they all make a beeline for the train and they're like, they get onto the train, except Blaze takes her, her wedding ring off, which says property of umbrella inside of it and says, I don't know what we had, but it's over. No, no. That is, this is, this, hang on, this is after he attacks her and she shoots him about 50 bajillion times and she throws the ring. No, she, uh, she said, I don't know what we have, it's over. And then she attacks him with an axe drops the ring and said, I'm missing you already, which is the part that he gave before yes. he locked him in the lab. That's so are, are we on the actual, um, the, the train out now, the, uh, the, the yeah, climax. This is, so this is Resident Evil, ref, Resident Evil 2 reference number three, right? They get onto the train. They locked it. She locks down the, the, the suitcase, gets onto the train and they're like, quick, go quicker. We can't go any quicker because it'll come off the rails, but go quicker because it's going to self-destruct. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? And uh, Alex... You have to do that. Rather, drinking, didn't you? Of course. Blaze gives um, 
Michelle Rodriguez, the shot in the arm, and she says, you'll start feeling better soon. Don't worry about it. And Pip-Boy's like, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. And then um, suddenly the liquor that is not on liquor grabs him from inside and rips him out. Hangs on. You're missing a glaring point in the film that a lot of people... Oh, here we go. Right? Yes. Rain says to Blaze, I don't want to turn into one of those things. Don't let it happen. And then a head droops forward. Now. Yes. Blaze doesn't have any medical training then, despite the fact she's a security operative. Yes. Right? So she didn't check for a pulse. She didn't check if she was breathing. She didn't check her pupils were dilated. And do I even need to mention the gun? She fires off a round. Rain stops it, but the explosion sound still happens. So she would have yeah. blown her head off. Yes. Um, they shouldn't have put the explosion sound in because she put a thumb where no, the hammer was. But it was, yes. You heard the explosion sound and she grabbed it and she said, I'm not dead yet. I think I'll take that gun back. Thank you. But, but it's like in a real jovial way. I'll take that back. Thank you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the one glaring thing I'll always remember about that film. How do you shoot someone and deflect a bullet after it's been shot? Look, right. You're talking about George Lucas. You're talking about Han Solo. You're talking about Han shot first. That's what you're doing. Right? This movie is constructed with by make, taking other scenes from other movies, sewing them together, getting people to act them out and going, movie finished, me want biscuit, me want biscuit. <laughs> right? Exactly. So Rain fakes out dying, except she's just exhausted, so she's just sort of sat there. Um, Pip-Boy gets eaten by not a liquor, and then not a liquor claws at the side of the train and catches Max totally not Chris Redfield across the arm, right? Then it manages to pull the back of the, the train off, doing the whole Resident Evil 2 tyrant not tyrant, yeah, the tyrant G-Virus thing at the end where it slowly makes its way further into the train. Rain then gets up as a zombie, and Max is like, but I don't want to shoot her, but I have to shoot her, but I don't want to shoot her. Hang on. The... um. Those metal poles from the beginning gets used, and Alice, oh, yes. and Alice. Before that, she has a gun on her. Before the 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 liquor's tongue whips out and grabs her and drags her, so she drops a gun. I just want to point out what I put here. Circle shot is cool when liquor's attacked. Yes, going round, she manages okay. to stab its tongue between the grid Urgh. to keep yes. it where it is. Now, if I was the liquor, I'd just lean forward and slash the crap out of it. But plot exactly right. At which yeah, point, yeah. she says drop um l- lower the platform open the doors yeah whatever it is yeah Max turns round and rain stands up and she turns to a zombie you see those white irises again now ah yeah but she does she does the one michelle rodriguez move that michelle rodriguez does in every single movie ever she stands up with her head down clicks her neck to the right to her right looks for all without opening her eyes then opens her eyes and goes rah that is something that michelle rodriguez does in every single movie so Another another quick tip for zombie movies, right? Just remember, if you're in a zombie situation and you turn, if you don't want to make a mess by being shot in the head, because no one does, have long hair and tie it back in a ponytail, because that's the only way to prevent your brain splattering on the walls like they should have. <laughs> so not only does she have like concrete and sandpaper and tomatoes and hanging uh, gardens of Babylon on her neck, she must have like an adamantium back of a skull. Yes. Because no no brains go anywhere. Um, it's because she spent so long down in the gym working on the muscles at the back of her head, building them up. That's what it is. Mm. So after Max ends up shooting her and she falls back on the button, the liquor um, is still attached to the uh, the train via the, the pipe through its tongue, giving it a nice piercing. 
it bounces up and down on the train tracks. Okay. And because of the electrical charge and it's bouncing and friction and stuff, it sets on fire. And yes. it dies, proving further that flames is the only way to kill anything in a Resident Evil film. Dead. Yes. Completely. So that proves my point. <laughs> also, right, then once that happens, you've got Max and Blaze left. And they have like yes. three or four seconds to get through. And they're going to the, the mansion, right? Now, what I will say about the mansion is that there's no point in it being a mansion. Yes. It may as well just be a house. Yeah. If you saw that mansion, you'd think, ah, it must have a basement somewhere, right? So what I put in my notes here is, so the T-virus is the only link to the game. They might as well have hid the hive under a three-bedroom semi-detached ha- house in Durham. <laughs> I read it. Yeah, who would look in Durham for a, a, a lab? I repeat, do you want some of that T-virus, mate? No, no, I'm, I'm full. I can't do accents, I'll take it back to a shop. Yeah, but yeah, it might as well be. Um, but then what happens is uh, you get like the ending exposition, you think everything's going to be fine. Max's ass starts gaggling, you know. Yes, the whole Resident Evil 3 reference, I want him as the Nemesis Project, you know. Which is just whip cut, whip cut, whip cut, whip cut. Totally not trying to shoehorn in a position to have a, a sequel there. Yeah, right. No, well, this is it, right? This is it. As soon as they get out of the train, the second that they step off the train, everything is trying to very quickly set up a sequel. But the problem is that if you want to set up that this movie is part of a series of movies, you have to do it from the beginning of the first movie. You have to put enough intrigue and interest mm. that you can loop back to things at the end. Not really quickly, oh, crap, what if it does really well? We should tease a sequel and then we can make a sequel which is what they do in the final 30 seconds of the movie, right? So here's a question, right? If Blaze is that good at killing humans, yes. why is she, like masses of um, zombies, correction, if she's that good at killing zombies, why is she overpowered by three humans? Because she's a blank slate character, has no background, has no uh, exposition, has no character traits whatsoever. She has two uh, facial expressions, which makes it so that when she's easily surrounded by people, she can be easily subdued. Is very lazy writing. Mm. She, they should have had her having a fight with some security guards who then inject her with something to knock her out. That would have been better rather than just, oh, no, no, men in white suits. No, you are the scientist. No. You know? Yeah. I mean, they both get taken, don't they? So. Mm. Yeah. Um, which, you know, you, you have the the uh, link to, I want him in the Nemesis program. Everything goes white. And then uh, she wakes up in a hospital bed with a very overwhelmingly amount of needles everywhere. Yes. She's also naked, we're, so that links back to the we're talking. We're talking Tetsuo the Iron Man level of metal sticking out of her. Yeah, n- nice reference. Um, but yeah, there's there's tons of needles, and every time I say it, I have to look away because I'm, I'm not a big fan of... Oh, no, it's not. Yeah, it's, it's horrid, right? But all I've got to say about that is... Alice, as a character, one thing I did learn about her is she's very thrifty and she loves a deal, right? And I'll tell you precisely why. There must be an easier way to get a free haircut and a paper come on her than surviving a zombie outbreak. You'd think, wouldn't you? You'd think. Also, I... (laughs) Tell me it isn't. That might be the title of the episode, Resident Evil and the Paper Kimono. (laughs) So... What, one other thing I didn't realize is you can lockpick a card reader with a needle. Oh, yes. Because Hollywood, especially a bloody needle as well. Oh, absolutely. 
you know, she, she, she does that after she gets up and she looks around. I mean, if I was in that situation, first thing I'd do is shoes and something to cover myself. Yes. Doesn't matter in an umbrella hospital. They couldn't make it any more blatant that it was umbrella hospital. It's everywhere. Right? Yeah. The, the, Don't bed open inside. The walls, the floors, the covering she has, you know, I'm pretty sure the little things on the side of her head were umbrella logos. And then you walk out and it says umbrella Raccoon City Hospital. I'm thinking surely the, the city's more important than the company, but whatever, you know, advertising. And then you get the the scene where you hear like in the background hungry zombies and it pans out and there's death and destruction everywhere and then you get um like a call a call back to day of the dead georgia romero's day of the dead because you got a paper that says the dead walk and you get a picture yeah I, I was expecting a, a a picture from the video game i really wanted it but it wasn't there you know from resident Evil <laughs> 3 intro i really wanted yeah. that but that wasn't there and then it zooms out and she has a shotgun she cocks the shotgun and then credits i liked the ending better when it was on army of darkness what slept too long yeah, that is essentially that ending, right? <laughs> yeah. But yes. So, yeah, we've talked about it. Let's, let's, let, we've talked through the plot. We've talked through the things that we liked that we didn't like as we were talking through it. Let's say some more facts. I've only yeah, got yeah, two yeah. more. I peppered them in as I go along. So, first of all, Mila Jovovich, I think that's how you pronounce it. Mila Jovovich, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, yeah. And Eric Mabius, so the guy who played Max, um, yes. they, they had a Navy SEAL train them for a week beforehand for sort of like movements and weapon loading to make it look more authentic. But he doesn't handle a weapon and neither does she. Well, it's sort of like movements and commanding posture. And that's why I imagine, you know, to, to make it look like they're, it's, it was more for Miller, I think, uh, but martial arts as well. Although I've never seen a Navy SEAL kick from a wall. Um, yeah, right. Maybe You've sort never, of, seen the Navy, never seen the Navy SEAL do any of that matrix. Maybe, maybe <laughs> the streets of rage bit, you know? Yeah. Um, maybe for the streets of rage a bit. And the um, the only other one that I've got is uh, all of the zombies that you saw were professional uh, dancers. Like in the second film, they did the same. And I got yeah. all of these facts because I watched it on Amazon Prime. And when you yes. when you pause it, you get a list of cast at the top left, and then you get a list of like trivia. The only yeah. other one that I can think of, and I can't remember the guy's name fully. I'm pretty sure I was sticking in the show notes. The guy who played Angel and Buffy, David Bonez. David, yeah, Barianas, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was originally um, going to play Max. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that would have worked out very well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's um, seeing him without that vampire makeup on just looks weird. Um, yeah. You know, him in real life. No, I'll be the vampire. We know he was the vampire. Exactly. But those, are, those are all the notes I've got, apart from the past. So, I've already said that one. So let's talk about the movie then, right? So we've got the three categories. We talked about it in the previous episode where we did Double Dragon. We're talking about a movie within the genre. Action movie. Yeah, or, or in this case, a horror movie, right? A movie that is a video game movie that's not tied to any kind of thing. And a... Gen- generic a, movie, in it? Generic movie. Yeah, yeah. So, an action film yeah, so, and a video film, a video game film. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so how do you feel about it as a generic... This is a movie. If you took away all of the references to Resident Evil, right? It's just a zombie movie. There is an evil corporation and there is a virus. Done. How do you feel about it? Uh, well, there's three ratings, isn't there? There's uh, try it, love it, and fling it into a tree. Yes. I mean, at the time, 
that was the resurgence of all the big video game movies. Yes. Um, after this one came out, a lot of the studios bought IPs for different movies. Um, they went out, they tripped over themselves to find it because they did really well. As a generic movie, I would say try it. I, 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 I'm not, I don't love it, mainly because you can see like a lot of the boom mics and the camera arms and a lot of the shots, which is really off-putting. Um, as a action movie, it's pretty good. Um, some parts are well shot, some aren't. Um, they, they should replace all the CG with props because <laughs> it'll look better. As a game IP, much like Double Dragon, fling it into a tree. <laughs> yeah i think um i think my response would be pretty similar as a generic movie if you want to spend an hour and a half and just switch off and be entertained because as much as there are lots of problems with the plot a lot of mm. problems with the plot and you can tell that the actors don't want to be there mm. and that their agents are going to get fired mm. as soon as the filming is finished except except for millie because she's making a resume movie mm. um it's entertaining, so give it a try. As a horror action movie, yeah, if you really have to, give it a try. Um, it's not going to be the best horror action movie. It's not even the best horror action movie of the time, mm. right? And there are serious problems with all sorts of things, the pacing, the story, the CGI. But again, it's entertaining and it's a lot of fun, right? As a Resident Evil movie, as a movie within the Resident Evil canon, it isn't even vaguely related to it. Mm. Right, it is. We made a whole bunch of jokes earlier on about, oh, it's Alice in Wonderland. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. It really is not anything to do with Resident Evil. Mm. If you're expecting Resident Evil going in, you ain't going to get anything about this, right? Yeah. Um, Squidge said earlier on, he made a joke about it being, oh, well, it, it, it takes place in a mansion, but it may as well not. You're absolutely right. It may as well not. In the original Resident Evil game, it split into three very distinct sections: arriving at the mansion and finding out what's going on going into finding a little bit more about it and then going down to the labs. And almost all of that takes place in the mansion. This movie takes place in a sound set. <laughs> yeah. So I would say as a Resident Evil fan, and we're not the first to say it, but as a Resident Evil fan, don't do it. But if you want an hour and a half just to distract yourself and watch a silly movie about zombies and shooting and things that don't make sense, check it out because it's a bit it's it's fun if you attack mm. it from that angle it's fun much like most of the video game movies we're going to discuss in this short series if you take the ip away and don't think of it as a tie into a video game it's actually quite fun mm. what do you think Squidge? you've got anything else to say about resident evil 2002 um it's the perfect zombie movie for actual zombies that's true. Because yeah. if you're an actual zombie, you'd be rooting for the zombies. So it's it's a that's true. It turns from an action horror flick to a feel-good family film if you're a zombie. <laughs> so you know, if you're a zombie, I give this movie an absolute two bitten thumbs up. But if you're a human, then don't watch it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna copy those sentiments. I'm gonna say <laughs> yeah. De like I said, definitely check it out mm. because it's it's a fun movie to watch if you just avoid yourself of any link to the series. It's a fun movie. And it's got Michelle Rodriguez in it. What's not to like, right? I figure if I say her name enough times, she may be on the show. Uh, that's not going to happen. Yeah. But, that's <laughs> but yes. Keep dreaming. So, yeah, right. But <laughs> right. But there you go. You've just wasted, what, an hour or so of us talking about the Resident Evil movie, wrapping it up, and then talking about the silliness. If you aren't a subscriber already, check out WafflingTailors.rocks. We've got some pages there to help you subscribe to the show. We've got 
what at the time of recording 81 episodes are done with this will be like 86 87 episodes mm. so definitely check those out yeah um and uh yeah there's all sorts of stuff that we've talked about on the show so definitely check out the website subscribe if you want to reach out to us over twitter what i want to know is right as a resident if you are a resident evil fan how do you feel about this movie if you can uh, both as as a resident evil fan i was expecting a resident evil movie and as a resident evil fan but i'm wanting to watch a zombie zombie horror movie and i will effectively in my head erase every single time that they mention anything to do with resident evil out of it how do you feel Mm. that's my question to you let us know get in touch on twitter you can tweet it as twitter.com slash waffling tailors we also have the dms are wide open so if you can't get your opinion across in 240 characters or less you can do that uh facebook.com forward slash waffling tailors you can let us know on there we also have a contact us page on the website i think it's waffling tailors.rocks forward slash contact there's a link to it in the uh, in the menu at the top of the page let us know what you think i want to know and there'll also be comments on the page on the website for this episode so let us know because i want to know what everyone thinks of this movie mm. and whether it is a vaguely good action horror movie but there you go so there you go. You just spent some time listening to us waffle on about Resident Evil, the movie from 2002. I thank you very much for having a listen, Squidgy. Thank you ever so much for being with me again because you are awesome and you make this show possible. I'm just the guy who just sits here and talks randomness whilst wearing my bandana and hoping that it all come out well. <laughs> so there you go. But yes, I will catch you all again another time and stay safe, everyone. Stay healthy, stay cool and stay awesome. Yep, definitely stay awesome. That's it. I'll see you later, Squidgy. Bye. See you later, everyone. Movie finished. Me want biscuit. Me want biscuit. <laughs> Intro music is Among the Stars by Muse Station Productions. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by GH. Spoiler break music is Spectrum Subdiffusion Mix by Phonics. Palette cleanser music is Breathe Deep, Breathe Clear by Siobhan Dagay. See the show notes for more details. The Waffling Tailors podcast is a proud member of the J&J Media Network. To find out more about J&J Media, head over to jayandjay.media or check the show notes for a link.